This is Brayden and Tally Waller with the voice of my beloved podcast. And uh, we missed last week. We, uh, we actually had a group of guys here last week for a fasting and prayer event. Uh, which was, you want to give us an, an update on how that went, Brady? It was really powerful. A few guys that came in were seeking breakthroughs in certain areas and really saw some powerful things happen in their lives. So I was really grateful for the opportunity. Just the sheer fact of getting together with other men to pray and fast was very encouraging. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to see men that were interested in in pressing in and and really you know, one of the things that was emphasized during the time was just not becoming dull to the state of our country mm-hmm. and the state of the world, really. That you know, so easy it's so easy for us to go through this life and just be unfeeling mm-hmm. towards the the amount of injustice that's going on. But I feel like in some ways that it's so important to just allow God to touch our hearts with the burden, with to allow God to touch our hearts with the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something we're really praying into. And I I'm prayerful and I'm hopeful that in the future that more men will will get a, a vision for fasting and prayer and just crying out to God for him to break through in these areas of injustice. Uh, we're speaking of human trafficking, abortion, mm-hmm. uh, these type of issues. They're very weighty issues, and uh, we don't want to turn a blind eye to these things. We want to yeah. be men that are standing up for justice and standing up for the truth, but ultimately knowing that we can't do it in ourselves. We have to cry out to God for his help mm-hmm. uh, to see changes in these areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It was... Uh, I. I didn't even get to see the guys until the very end. They came and we broke the fast uh, at our house. So it was, but it was really neat uh, meeting everyone. And I don't know, it's, it's really encouraging to me to see the guys getting together like that. It's, it's really, uh, it feels very uh, just encouraging and strengthening, even for us women, just to see guys that are, are willing to, to get together and pray through things and seek God. Uh, so, so yeah, it was verse that came to mind too. And we're praying into this is, uh, in Psalms, it says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that in our day that the foundations are starting to crumble in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And if those foundations are, are destroyed, even what can the righteous do? What can these righteous? And so we really need to cry out to God that these foundations will be strengthened, you know, foundations of marriage, family, mm-hmm. uh, purity, yeah. and, you know, seeking God, all these foundational things will be in their place. Otherwise, you know, where are, where are our grandchildren going to be? Yeah, so we really have to be men of, of uh, tenacity in some ways to cry out to God that we will not just stand by and watch these things just crumble apart. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good. Yeah, so uh, the next event that we have coming up here is Hanukkah, and it's going to be a week of worship, and it's, it's, we're, we're getting excited about it. We're starting to lay out the schedule and get some ideas uh, with how to put it all together. Uh, this isn't going to be, I, I think uh, most people have grown up in the, the Christian world. We get used to the band plays up front and you engage in some level from the, you know, the, the pews. Uh, and so this, what we're going to try to facilitate here is more of an engaging place of worship where um, we're singing to be heard. <laughs> it's we are we are playing uh, and engaging in the worship that's happening. We're not just spectators. Uh, and so so yeah, so we're really praying uh, in how to do that, how exactly uh, God wants to see that all come to place, kind of fall into place. And so so yeah, we're excited. There's um, you know, we've got our uh, quite a few families that are are signed up now, and and so uh, so yeah, so we're getting 
getting excited. <laughs> There's yeah. still time to uh, register if you want to go and check it out on the love and purity, uh, dot com. Uh, yeah, if you can only make it website. out for the weekend, that's an option as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so now we're going to dive into our message, which today we are talking about the, the importance of the word. And uh, we're, we've kind of over the past couple of weeks, we've been focusing on these three points. And these three points are the three things that are going to uh, stoke the the coals in our hearts, stoke like the that, yeah. fire, <laughs> right? And that's prayer, fasting, and reading the word, uh, engaging and putting God's word in your heart. And so those are the three things that we've been focusing on just as we're in this betrothal season. We don't want our love to grow cold. That's the last thing we want. And so we need to know, well, how do we keep on fire? How do we keep going? And so these three things are the things that, that everything else in our lives needs to come out of. Everything else needs to sprout out of this, these, these foundational things. And so, so we're going to do this. And now I, I also just want to say, you know, I'm sure we have all different kinds of listeners out there of all different ages and situations and stuff. Um, and I just wanted to point out, you know, the scripture that I love is um, the glory of young men is their strength. And so uh, I, I love that, that that's pointed out in the scriptures because um, we aren't what we we aren't saying that you have to leave this flashy, fun filled life of entertainment and movies and video games. You have to leave that and you have to lock yourself into a room you know, all day long, 24 seven, pr- praying, fasting, and reading the word. Now I'm not going to downplay that praying, the fasting and reading the word, because there are people that do that and they love that and they can find no other, they, you know, that, that for them is the, the, the fulfillment and that's, that's great. But God is also given callings. There are also that he's put us on this earth and there are things to do. And so, um, yeah, so yeah. we are saying leave the <laughs> yeah. the things, the video games and all that. We're saying get rid of that stuff, yeah. but find a purpose, your purpose for, for your life in God. Yeah, 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 find your purpose, and it's going to spring from this place yeah. of prayer, fasting, understanding the word of God, and then through that, he is going to bring the desires of your heart into fulfillment. And yeah. so, uh, and I know for me, that was my life. Um, there was a lot of things that I thought I was chasing that were, seemed exciting to me. Uh, but it wasn't until my eyes were open to the reality of God's word, the reality of his presence and, and submitting my whole life to him. And that's where I found my real purpose and real excitement, real joy, real fulfillment. Uh, and that, that's where I found it from this place. And so that doesn't mean that I just, you know, dropped off the face. I'm, I'm singing, I'm, you know, doing music still, and I'm, I'm living out all these passions and desires and giftings that he's given me, but it's all for his glory now. And that is so much more fulfilling than the empty road that we are continually trying to be sold, uh, through the secular world out there. And so, so anyways, that's the encouragement. Cause I know there's a lot of young people that are just like, you know, I, I just will never forget this young girl's face. We, we talked to this youth group down in Texas once and we went through our whole presentation and I just love how honest she was. And she was like this 13 year old, 12, 13 year old girl. And she raised her hand. She was like, she's like, if we're not allowed to watch TV 
and uh and play video games what are we supposed to do with our time <laughs> like <laughs> it sounds so boring <laughs> and i just remember being like what a lie <laughs> you know that these young peoples have been sold and i, I was i think i i did a good job <laughs> at, like you didn't blast her right <laughs> i didn't blast her anything i was just like man there are so many things to do like as a young person like god's giving you energy and he wants you to do these. there's i was like what happened a hundred years ago you know when there there wasn't tvs and video games and stuff is like people did things they learned skills they learned how to do things and that's where god can direct you then eventually you know is when you develop these skills and giftings do things that are fun you know, turn that all off see what things sound fun then after that you want to learn to cook to sew to you know what i mean like there's, there's build things whatever it is anyways so anyways we're gonna we're gonna read we're gonna talk about the word of God now. Yes. <laughs> Brayden's going to go into uh, this teaching. Yes. So our hearts in this is just to inspire you uh, wherever you're at in your journey uh, with the word, just to encourage that and to inspire you to further memorize it, meditate on it, really, you know, digest it. Uh, you know, the, one of the Hebrew words for, you see, translated meditated, it could also be like to, uh, you know, as, a, as an animal chews grass and, you know, takes it inside. And uh, what's the word for that? Uh, um, you know, it's more like where they're digesting it, chewing their cud. Chewing their cud, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, but they, you know, it goes in their stomach, then comes back up, they chew it again, it goes in, it's like this whole process of absorbing <laughs> it. And so uh, th- that's kind of the idea that you get with the Hebrew word for meditating is, is ruminating. This, uh, ruminating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this whole idea of just, you know, taking it in and you just want to really, you want it to absorb into the very fiber of your being. Mm-hmm. And so uh, opening up here, James chapter one, verse 21 It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. What a passage. Mm -hmm. He's saying here that when you receive the word, the implanted word, some translations say engrafted word, it's this thing that you you receive into you. It's able to save your soul. Wow. Mm -hmm. The power of the word of God. And I love how he points out here to receive it with meekness. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sometimes uh, the Bible can be used as a, just a a form of knowledge, you know, and we know the scripture says that knowledge puffs up. And so you can hear these conversations sometimes, and it's just this, this battle of of, uh, knowledge, you know, people just passing knowledge back and forth in scriptural knowledge. Mm -hmm. And you can see that they haven't really heeded James advice here to receive with meekness. The implanted word. We don't want to just, you know, store up the word of God in our hearts just so we have more knowledge to present a biblical argument. Mm-hmm. We want to receive with meekness the implanted word, and this is what's able to save our souls. Yeah. So this is very important. So I, now I want to go into a story from the scriptures, just illustrating this whole point of receiving the word with meekness. And this is a story from Second Samuel chapter four, verse four. It says Jonathan, Saul's son had a son who was lame in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it happened, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. So here he is, five years old, and he's fleeing, and nurse drops him, and he becomes lame. So we move along a few chapters, and we come to Second Samuel chapter 9, and it says here, Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, 
there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. I want to pause right there for a moment. Ziba's telling David that Mephibosheth is in this place. He's in the house of Machir, which in the Hebrew means sold. And then he's in Lodabar, which in Hebrew is also uh, no pasture. So he's sold into this place of no pasture. And you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's got no sustenance. He's not, he's it's not, not a flourishing it's not place. a flourishing place. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to live in no pasture. We want to be, you know, lying down in the pastures like Psalm 23, right? So he's in this place of barrenness, you could say. So then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, here is your servant. So turning pages here. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. And so I just want to point out this story. Mephibosheth, he's in this place of barrenness, but the king, you know, David represents Yeshua here. He's calling us in our brokenness, in our lameness, you could say, that he's saying, I want you to come up here to the table. And, you know, for someone that's lame, he has to be carried around. Mephibosheth had to be carried to the table. If you get a chance to hear a song by Leland, it's a group, a singing group called Carried to the Table. It's, it's a song all surrounding the story, a really powerful song, uh, talking about being carried to the table of the king. And this is what we need. Each of us individually, we need to be carried to the table and notice how Mephibosheth comes very humbly. And I just want to draw that parallel there with receiving the word with meekness. The, at the king's table, you have the bounty of God's word. You know, Yeshua said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when God goes to feed us, he's feeding us his word. And so David, he's welcoming Mephibosheth in his brokenness, in his lameness, in this place of barrenness, he said, I want to carry you to my table, and I want you to eat continually of the bread at my table. And so he comes, and he's, he's satisfied. His soul is satisfied. And so this is a provision for us. We can come and partake of the bounty of the table of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage all of us to, to take Yeshua up on that offer. Come and live by the word of God. Come and continually let, you know, as Psalm 1 says, to meditate upon the word of God day and night. And so this is something that we can continually be fed. Our souls can be fed by the word of God. This is how we will truly live. Yes, we need food to survive. We need food to live. And God has blessed us with that, the enjoyment of physical food. But more than that, uh, to be able to thrive spiritually, we must come to the king's table and just really enjoy the provision of his food, the, the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I also, um, you know, I like to think of Braden and I in the season of betrothal that we had, and we, during that time, it, we talked on the phone quite a bit, but we exchanged letters as well, and these letters usually talked about, um, 
you know, just uh, some testimonies in our lives and just about uh, just some other subjects and stuff that we that were really personal uh, that we we talked about in these letters. And so, you know, I got this letter from these letters from Braden and I would read them and then I wouldn't just take them and stick them up on the shelf to gather dust. Uh, I was I was, uh, I wanted to reread them and I wanted to, I wanted to see what was behind just the words, you know, I wanted to see, and you know, and every time I read it, there was a different thing that stuck out to me about this one of the stories that he was saying or the things that he was saying. And I wanted to hear his heart in it. I wanted to hear his heart in the, in the, the letters that he wrote. And that's, that comes from this heart of love because I was just so fascinated to get to know Braden more. I just wanted to, to know him more. And there's and a person so, behind the word. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly. not just a blank, you know, paper with ink. Yeah. There's a personality. There's a character behind the word. Yeah. It's living. It's not just, you know, these, it, and, and so it's in the same way, like when we look at the Bible, this is a living the living word of God. This is something that's alive. It's, it's moving the, the, it's why, oh, you know, we wake up in the morning is because of the word of God that he has, he has spoke it into being that we are to wake up in the morning, you know, like he's, it's because of his word. And so uh, I think that, you know, we need a, a revelation of that, of, of how alive his word is and, and how, and, and, just how amazing and good he is so that we want to just read and reread and we're not having a hard time with the dust or the, um, the Bible gathering dust on the, on the shelf, um, you know, because of our lack of interest, our lack of love, our lack of understanding. This is, this is the living word of God. This is Yeshua. I mean, he said, I, I am the word, you know, if you want to know me, know my words. And so, um, and so this is something that, you know, we need a revelation of. And so, you know, for those of you that it's, it's really hard to dig into the word, you know, I, I encourage you to, to pray um, before you read every time, God, show me the, the life in the word as I read it show me the life in it. And, uh, I know for me, the big wake up call in my life, cause you know, I read my Bible, um, all my life and there were definitely seasons where I've got, you know, I got quite a bit out of it, but for me going to Israel <laughs> that first time was like a huge wake up call for me. Like, Whoa, like this is huge. Like God's word is still in action today. Like it's moving and it's breathing and it's there. His plan is still unfolding and it's all right here. I can read the pages anytime I want to. And so, um, and so that was, you know, that was a really big, big wake up call for me. I can remember hearing the story, you know, every year the Jewish people read the book of Esther during Purim. You know, there's different books that are read throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I can remember hearing this one story, this guy, he was out in the hallway and someone walked out during the reading of Esther and, uh, asked the guy, well, what are you doing out here? And, uh, he said, well, yeah, I've heard that book so many times, you know, <laughs> and I just, but it just goes to show, you know, that like, we should never get bored of the word. Right. You know, it, it's a living word. It's a powerful word. Mm-hmm. I love what I believe is the prophet Jeremiah. He said, I found your words and I ate them. And they were to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Mm-hmm. And so let us find his word to be a joy and mm-hmm. not just a, a discipline. You know, we, mm-hmm. we do approach it as a discipline. Yes. Uh-huh. We, we discipline ourselves to read the word on a daily basis. But the prayer, and I, I believe this is a prayer that God wants to answer is that to ask the Holy Spirit as you're reading the word, God, please reveal the affections of your heart to me 
through your word. Mm-hmm. You know, may the Holy Spirit open up my heart to receive more of the knowledge of you, of who you are, as I read your thoughts written down in your word. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is a, this is such a, a prayer that I believe God wants to answer in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving along in Luke 24, verse 32, and this is the two men on the road to Emmaus. And once they've realized that they've just been on the road with Yeshua, and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So here we see, as we're talking about keeping this fire burning, you know, the word of God is such a key element to fueling that fire. These two men on the road to Emmaus, their hearts were burning as Yeshua opened up the scriptures to them. And this is a powerful thing. When Yeshua opens up the word to us, when the word opens up the word, you know, Yeshua is the living word. You know, when he, when he opens up the word to you, this is a place where your heart will burn. And this is what we really, really need because the world around us is burning for different things. Mm-hmm. It's getting distracted. There's the passions that people are pursuing are they're they're distracting them from the living word. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I believe is human nature, you know, uh, the guy that loves race cars, let's say for example. He he didn't just wake up one morning uh and just go, "I just love race cars." You know, that was something that was fed. He he began to study, he got, you know, race car magazines, he watched you know, race car stuff. You know, he was into it at least probably a couple, two or three, four or five years before he became a passionate race car fanatic, right. you know? <laughs> and this is the way the human heart works, I believe. You know, we don't just wake up necessarily with a drive, a passion for a certain topic. Mm-hmm. It's something that gets introduced to us somehow. It's something that develops over time. And, you know, we may have certain interest in something, but the passion that we develop, I think, is a lot has to do with our exposure to it, who we're around that it likes the same mm-hmm. thing. And so in, in it, as it comes to the word, let's continue to expose our hearts to the word and ask God to open our, us up that we will be like these men on the, ro- on the road mm-hmm. uh, that are burning. Their hearts are burning in zeal for the word of God. That They're just on fire mm-hmm. with, with God's love. So uh, this is what we want. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So I believe here he's actually giving us a key as to how the word of Messiah is to dwell in us richly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's through singing it. It's through, you know, and this is proven uh, just the way our brains work that when you sing something, it becomes, it gets deeper inside of you. Mm-hmm. And they, they've actually proven that when you sing, you actually use both sides of your brain. Uh, you know, very few things do you actually use both sides of your brain. If you're doing math, you're using one side. If you're doing you know, whatever art, you're doing a certain side of your brain. But with singing, use both sides of your brain. And so this is something, when you sing something, it just really makes an impression on you. I'm sure all of you experienced this. You, you got a song going over and over in your head. You know, and the song we want going over and over in our head is the word of God. We, this is the way that we get to meditating on it day and night. It just becomes a part of our being when we when got to song. And so this is really a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking when you're telling that story about the, the guy here in the, the book of Esther, I was just thinking uh-huh. of how, you know, the it took us, um, we, we memorized this servant the Sermon on the Mount uh, a couple years ago, and it took us several months to learn that. And by the end of it, I mean, at this point, we still review it every, you know, every week, every couple weeks or something. And I'm just thinking, man, we've heard that 
so many times, but it's amazing to me how many times I'll be going through life and a verse from that will all of a sudden pop up and will give you like a greater clarity to that word, right. to that, you know, scripture uh-huh. or whatever. And that's, uh, and I, and I think that's, that's where the key is, you know, is like when it's something that we are meditating on and we're digesting and it's, it's right there. It's, it's right there. It's in our hearts. When something comes up in life, it's like your go-to. It's like, right. oh, this scripture is referring to this situation or whatever. And so I, I just think it's so, man, it just never gets boring. You can never hear it too many times. You know, right. it's just that the importance of meditating. You know, it's feeding your soul. Yeah. And so it's like no one ever sits down and goes, I'm just tired of eating. You know, right. maybe, maybe if they've eaten too much. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> you know, at a certain point, it's like that, that hunger kicks in. So, you know, our souls <laughs> need to be fed as well. So yeah. it's so important. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to point out, and my grandfather's told me stories. This is just really shocking to me that at one point in our country here, that schools actually opened up reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, can, I mean, it's, that's hard to imagine at this point in the game. But uh, my grandfather said, yeah, when I was young, every my, morning. My father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> open up the school day with reading uh-huh. the Bible. They would have a memory verse or something that they were working on. Yeah. And you know, this is a part of our child education in this it's country. the reason why the schools weren't even invented, right? So these children could learn how to read the Bible. Right, right. <laughs> so I just want to encourage families out there. Your children are so impressionable, and this is a prime time to get the Word of God in them. And, and, and the young age is to mm-hmm. really you know, expose them to Scripture songs, expose them to things that are going to feed that, that, uh, that desire. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I, I'm always amazed, too, with uh, children. Our children, they can be doing stuff like playing being ridiculous, you know, and you're just thinking they're just not hearing anything that's going on in life. But like there, there are things that like they hear even when they're in the midst of doing things and stuff. So I don't know. I just think of all of the, you know, the daycare system and the whole, um, school system it's more just like what can we how can we keep these children busy until they can be productive you know until they can actually learn something or and it's, it seems like that's the general attitude where man they there's so much potential uh with the children i know just with mine just seeing how much they absorb even in the midst of play even in the midst of of um activity and stuff and so it's been uh, it's been amazing to me just seeing their capacity, uh, because it's not like ours, you know, it's not like us where we need quiet time. We need to go sit, you know, somewhere and really focus on, cause that's what we're thinking. Well, they need to get to that point before they can really learn something, but it's, it's not the case, man. They just are picking up stuff all the time as children. So, yeah, I've heard it explained as wet concrete with children. You're yeah. dealing with wet concrete. You can mold it. You can yeah, form yeah. it around but once you reach a certain age then it's kind of, it's more settled it's like it's, yeah. it's harder to you got to kind of more chip it off or something you know in order to reshape it yeah <laughs> so. yeah and you also see just how much because like the the um you know the the cultures out there that are really brainwashing uh children well i mean our really our country's doing it too in the public school systems in some ways but i mean they're so moldable and um and so it's just amazing to I mean, just see how much you are able to pour into them at such a, at such a young age, you know, cause like you have in these countries, like the, um, just that's where they start. They start these children, you know, putting these children in schools and, and brainwashing them from a very young age right. and their whole, you know, worldview is, is molded in that. Yeah. Just to touch on briefly and to 
put a little plug in for this book. This past summer, Tally and I read this book called 10 Peas in a Pod. And if you've never read it, I really encourage reading that incredible story of this family. They were on the road, but they would share large portions of scriptures that they had memorized. One of the, the 20 year old son had the entire New Testament memorized uh-huh. by heart. And, and most of the Old Testament, and, if yeah. you said a verse, he could finish it. Yeah. So it just incredible story, but they would go around and share the truth of God's word, share the gospel and powerful ministry, but a very entertaining book as well. They had uh-huh. some amazing stories and stuff. So I encourage that if you're a family out there that wants to get inspired about memorizing the word, this is a great book. And, uh, I just want to, as we're wrapping up, just to share briefly, uh, some of the things that have helped us, uh, music, of course, uh, anytime you can get scripture to music, it's going to be really, you know, and I really like it. It's a long-term investment because, you know, there's songs I know today that I learned when I was five, six years old. Mm-hmm. I'm counting on these songs that I'm teaching my children to be with them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's just a long-term investment. You get songs to the word. It's really, really powerful. And one of the things, too, uh, that has been helpful for me, you may have heard of this, called a mind palace. And what you do is basically in your, in your house, you have an order of things that are in, let's say, the living room. And so, uh, for example, on, in one place in our, our house, there's a, well, a door. Yeah, I'll just give you an example. Like, we've learned some large chunks of Scripture, and the hardest part about learning those is knowing which part comes next. Yeah, you can learn uh, you know, several like, different songs, but yeah. how do you, which, in which it's order like they which go? which song <laughs> comes next, yeah. And so this is really helpful in that. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. like, so you go through your room, you can go ahead. Yeah. So you, you have, the, have an open door and the, you know, one ex- a song was, uh, Yeshua saying, now I go away. So he said, now I go away to him. And so we're saying, okay, go into the door. The next, uh, section was, uh, so we move over to the sink in the kitchen. You know, this is kind of more like in our, our living room and kitchen are kind of connected. So we went from the, our bedroom door then over to the kitchen sink. And this part was, you say, I still have many things to say to you. And so in that part, it was just, uh, we were saying, well, there's still many more dishes to do. So we say, I still have many things to say to you. And so we you know that we know that that's the next part. It was like the children are like, oh, there's piles of dishes right there. So there's still many more dishes. <laughs> and then the, the next, the next section over is by the oven. And, uh, and that, that connection there was, uh, where you should saying now, the first word is now. And so we're like, open the oven. Now it's ready. You know? So like when you can connect a physical object and just, so it's, it's establishing the order that you're memorizing because you you know, you had those, the physical layout of your living room, kitchen, whatever memorized in your head. So when you can connect the first word, the first phrase to that object, then you just go around the room and you know what's coming next. And the children have really, it's really been effective for them to yeah. learn that. Yeah. It's been really good. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, we just want to encourage you to uh, continue on uh, in, in this pursuit of the word to find the word. May it become the joy and rejoicing of your heart. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. Well, blessings on you all this week. And uh, this is Braden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. <laughs> <laughs>